the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. And now back to Lifeline with Craig Roberts. And welcome back to this edition of Lifeline. Again, we're talking today with John Fuller, co-host of Focus on the Family's daily radio broadcast heard weekday mornings at 9 a.m. with a reprise broadcast at 9 p.m. right here on KFAX. John is also a budding author, and uh, his latest book is called First Time Dad, The Stuff You Really Need to Know. Great gift in time for Father's Day. And, of course, the book published by Moody and available directly through John's website. Just check him out at johnfullerblog.com. In addition, of course, to some great resources there, John also spends some time moosing on his experiences and insights and comes at this topic today of parenting with a bit of expertise. Oh, not just because he's the co-host along with Jim Daly, uh, they're a focus on the family, but because he's a father of six and he's got a bit of that road warrior experience. John, just before the break, we were talking about this idea that there become, as the family grows, so many demands on our time, and particularly for the guys out there, we feel as if, gee, we have to bring home the bacon, and we're busy developing our careers, and we've got our, our sights toward kind of the end game of uh, educational responsibilities. That's going to take a lot of money. Daughters in the family, that's going to take more money for the weddings. So we, we tend to get very busy on the outside with the career, but we want a balanced life. So we volunteer at church, and we're on the board of deacons. And in order to relieve some stress, because we don't want to be shooting off uh, you know all that pressure at home uh, we've got the golf game that we're working on a hobby or two we want to get all of this stuff kind of sandwiched into life in the early years figure we're young and we've got the energy why not but there's some flawed thinking with that isn't there mm. well i think there is and it has to do with uh with something we were talking about earlier and that is the window of time listen if you think that parenting is an 18 year journey and you're done you're wrong uh, there are a couple of things I'd say to that. Uh, that fallacy is is wrong because, A, you really only have 12 to 14 or 15 years to really shape your child because by the time they're 14, 15, 16, they're choosing independence. They're, they're longing for adulthood. They're moving toward adulthood, and your influence is going to wax and wane for the next several years. So if you think in terms of window, time of window, it's not 18 it's a little less than that. Plus, um, if you think that at 18 you're done being a dad, you're wrong. My two oldest have moved out. I still stay in touch with them. I love that. That's the payoff for the foundation of the early years, uh, pouring into their lives when they were younger. And not perfectly, but I tried. And so um, if you want an, an ongoing relationship with your child, that is rock solid and good and tight and close. And you want that from, oh, say, the time they're 18 until, you know, you're in the grave. That's the bigger part of your life with your child when they're an adult and they're saying, see ya, I'm going back home now. Or they're calling you on the phone saying, got to go, the kids are, are needing me. That part of the relationship is what you got to think of now. you got to think long-term toward the, 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 uh, the target. Um, I love the psalmist in Psalm 127. He says, children are an arrow uh, that you have, parents. They're an arrow in your quiver. And arrows are not defensive weapons. They're offensive weapons. You take the arrow, you pull it back, and you're aiming at a target. You're not hoping it's you know, going to go somewhere. You're planning on where it's going. If we would approach fatherhood that way, 
I think we'd we'd have an easier time prioritizing, uh, saying no to some things, and we'd have a bigger impact on our children than we might if we're just busy all the time and chasing the wrong stuff. So focusing, uh, John, so to speak, on the end game, as you say, because let's face it, when we think of how we want our kids to turn out, we have an idea in mind. You know, we want them to be uh, good citizens. We want them to raise a successful family of their own. We want them to, to walk in a relationship with the Lord, maybe be involved in ministry. I mean, we, we all have dreams and visions for our children. So imagine that now when they need you uh, in those formative years, you got to be there to invest the time. Because, you know, payback can be terrible, John. And later on, it's amazing that if you're not there for your kids when they're younger and they really need you, um, got to set those expectations right because later on someday you're going to need them. Yeah, well, that's a, that's a very true point. Um, if I could, uh, I know a guy, and I'll just, in the book I call him Mitch, and um, I was talking to him, and, and I asked how the family was doing, and he said, well, not so well, and he shared some things with me that just were very sad. Um, he had one child that just really didn't want anything to do with him, another child who totally disregarded her, her parents' wishes and got married very early, and um, he, was, he was kind of standing thinking, what happened? Well, what happened was he didn't work on the foundation. Um, and if uh, I lived in Texas, and you had to treat the foundation for termites uh, because if you didn't, they were going to they were going to chew it up. And uh, of course, that makes for a really rotten house over time. Uh, you got to pay attention to the foundation, which is those younger years, and you've got to be willing to uh, readjust and and make sure that you're investing in the part of your child's life that is the most shapeable, the most uh, formative. And we know that, that, the, that it's never too late to recapture that relationship, to work on it. But, um, you know, by the time they're seven, eight, nine, they've got their ideas about who daddy is. And, um, and I hope I'm not throwing guilt at guys. I don't want to do that. Like I said, I, I myself was uh, confronted with my own uh, shortcomings in this. I just want to encourage a new dad to be thinking in terms of this is some of the most essential time. So right here, this is it. If, if I can get this right, if I can show up and love my child, spend time with my child, show I care to my child, uh, it's possible that I'm going to avoid a situation like Mitch's where they're in their teens and they don't want anything to do with me. Well, and, you know, I think, John, also, too, the big kind of 30,000-foot-high viewpoint on this thing we call life, to put it in perspective, uh, all of us perhaps have known older people, older saints that have gone on to be with the Lord and, and others who in their waning moments of life, as they're kind of taking the inventory, I've never heard anybody about to end their earthly presence here say, oh, if I'd only spent more time at the office, gee, if I'd just gone to a few more conferences and meetings and spent more time uh, uh, dealing with business, then I would be satisfied in life. No, you never hear them say that. Instead, they say, if I'd only been a better husband to my wife, a better father to my children, if I only spent more time with the kids when they were younger uh, or with my grandkids. I mean, those are the things that if we miss out on it when we have the opportunity the first time around, you don't get a second time at this. You don't. And, um, and I, if, I, if I can share a story, my father-in-law passed away uh, at age 89, uh, just a few weeks short of his 90th birthday in December. And um, I, I was asked to speak at his eulogy, and one of the things I said was, I want my kids, I hope I can do this, I want my kids to love me and have as much respect and admiration for me as my wife and her sister and brother had for their daddy. They loved him, and they adored him, and they miss him deeply already. 
Um, that, that kind of affection and love from a child comes because you were there. And it doesn't have to be you were taking them to the theme park and you were doing all these things that are expensive or time-consuming. But it does mean that you were there consistently offering your attention, meeting that child where he or she is at, recognizing he or she is uniquely wired and needs something different than the rest of them. Um, when you try to meet your kid where they're at, when you simply say, you know, you're more important than me finishing this fence work, or, yeah, i got to check email for work, but I'm not doing that until you're in bed. Mm-hmm. When, when you say, hey, let's play a game, and they forget about it, and you come back and say, I, I wanted to play a game. That just says to a kid, love, love, love. And, and so it takes conscious choices. And, um, you know, if you do that, um, there is a payoff. A rich payoff. Absolutely. And, of course, another great invaluable resource. Uh, Take a little bit of uh, insight from the voice of experience. Uh, John Fuller, who's uh, now child number six, so he's got a little bit of a... a uh, little bit of uh, power behind what he says, all detailed inside the pages of a book called First Time Dad, The Stuff You Really Need to Know. The book published by Moody and available uh, through, of course, you can try it at uh, bookstores about the Bay Area, but best place to check it out is on John Fuller's blog. Check him out at johnfullerblog.com. That's johnfullerblog.com. And uh, catch him weekday mornings and again in the evenings, 9 a.m. and 9 p.m. as co-host of Focus on the Family, heard right here on KFAX. Well, John, we sure appreciate the candor the insights and the encouragement for first-time dads. Thanks so much for spending some time with us today. Craig, thank you for the invitation, and if I may, happy Father's Day. Thank you. You too. And now back to Lifeline with Craig Roberts. Welcome back to this edition of Lifeline. You know, there was a famous film many years ago starring Frank Sinatra, and at one point in the movie, there's a line as he's pondering the possibility of becoming a father for the very first time, and he opines that you can have fun with a son, but you've got to be a father to a girl. Well, there's a degree to which that might be true, but from the broader perspective, I think most today would argue that Boys and girls both need a solid male role model, a father in their life. And, of course, God designed it that way. And as we look at the many struggles that we see with the American family today and the difficulties in society, quite often we draw the conclusion that it's either an absent father or a father who grew up lacking the proper modeling from his own parents in order to really understand what it means to be a husband and a father and a man. Taking a look at this topic today, a new book entitled Stepping Up, A Call to Courageous Manhood, and its author, our guest today on Lifeline, and certainly no stranger to KFAX listeners, he's Dennis Rainey from Family Life Today, heard weekday mornings at 8.30 a.m. right here on KFAX. And Dennis, as always, a thrill to have you on the program. Craig, great to be with you. We love the Bay Area and uh, have a ton of listeners out there. We're thrilled to be on your your station. And great for the opportunity to talk about this new book, a a book that I think, you know, dealing with a topic that perennially seems to be a challenge to our society today. Um, It's amazing how oftentimes women will call up to a program like mine, and I'm sure you at Family Life Today hear it all the time. They'll just say, I only wish my husband would be a father, or if he could just learn how to be the man of the household. Why is it that this seems to be, for growing numbers of men in our society today, so problematic that they don't understand what it means to be a courageous man? Well, I think for the past uh, 
Well, at least three decades and maybe four, men have been fair game to make fun of, to pull out the gender blender culture that we have and kind of homogenize men and women together and say, other than the obvious physical differences, there really are no differences between the sexes. And God made them male and female. He made them uh, to be two distinct sexes with different assignments and certainly some mutual responsibilities. But I think a lot of men today are confused. They don't know how to do manhood. And as a result, they don't have a vision for what it looks like. And what I did, Craig, was about 12 years ago, I, I decided I was going to write a book to men and come alongside them and call them to courageous manhood and encourage them in the process, not beat them up, not take them to task, not shame them, not blame them, but just say, come on, you can do this thing. Let me give you a vision of what it looks like and talk about some steps that a man needs to take in his lifetime. And I'll tell you, Craig, I thought it was going to be an easy assignment, but I had four false starts in writing this book. And finally, on the fifth time, I was able to uh, get it right. And uh, we've slung it out there, and it's really been flying out the door. We had over 20,000 copies sold in a little over three and a half, four months. Wow. And, and you know, when we think of this topic, I wonder how much of the problem, beyond the fact that there's been uh, a breakdown in the, the lineage of role modeling from father to father to son and so forth down through the generations. Then, too, I wonder, Dennis, from your research, is part of the problem here, too, also a, a false understanding of what manhood means? I, I'm thinking, of, for example, a lot of the exaggerated Hollywood images. You know, the guy covered in tattoos that smashes aluminum cans on his forehead, and that somehow is an image of modern-day masculinity. You know, I, I think the answer to that question, I'll just take you to the five steps, because I, I think the answer is found as I kind of walk my way through them. Um, I believe there are five steps a man was designed to have before him as he goes through life. The first one is boyhood. Uh, he's designed by God to step out of boyhood into adolescence. That's the second step. And Paul talked about in 1 Corinthians 13, um, when I was a child, I thought as a child, I behaved as a child. But when I became a man, he said, what, what did he say? I put away childish things. And so God designed a man not to stay on the boyhood or the, the adolescent step, but to step up to the manhood step and not, not straddle with one foot in manhood, one foot in adolescence standing sideways. I believe he designed us to turn our backs on youthful lust, on wanting to play games, on wanting to uh, abdicate responsibility and assume the responsibility of what it means to be a man, get a job, get married, raise children, become a father, and not just father children, but raise children with purpose. And then there's those two final steps that I have that most men don't realize are out there and don't, don't experience the bonus and the benefit of, but there's the mentor the mentoring step, and then there's the patriarch step. God designed men, I believe, Craig, to to multiply their lives out. That's what it that's what it means to be a mentor. Paul wrote to Timothy in Second Timothy two two. He said, "These things which you have heard from me and trust to faithful men who will teach others also." There were four generations there. God made men to be a mentor and to be mentored. Every man listening to my voice right now ought to have a couple of younger men who he's mentoring, reaching down, calling him up, and he ought to have one or two older men in his life that are calling him up. We all need it. We were all designed by God to not only help others learn and become disciples, but we were also called to be learners as well and to be disciples of Jesus Christ too. 
So lacking all of this, I mean, it's easy to see that one of the, the fundamental problems then in developing a biblical understanding of what manhood means, that courageous manhood, as you talk about inside the book, is that what we're, we're either skipping some of these stages or steps or we get them out of order or, or perhaps just simply get stuck. Well, you know, I'm going to read you something from the book, and it's not something I wrote. It's from an advertisement, and I'll not tell you who who did the advertisement until I finish the piece. But it's it's an unlikely an unlikely source to be writing something so pithy about being a man. Here, here it is: Once upon a time, men wore the pants and wore them well. Women rarely had to open doors, and little old ladies never had to cross the street alone. Men took charge because that's what they did. But somewhere along the way, the world decided it no longer needed men. Disco by disco, latte by foamy, non-fat latte, men were stripped of their khakis and left stranded on the road between boyhood and androgyny. But today there are questions our genderless society has no answers for. The world sits idly by as cities crumble, children misbehave and those little old ladies remain on one side of the street for the first time since bad guys we need heroes we need grown-ups we need men to put down the plastic fork step away from the salad bar and untie the world from the tracks of complacency it's time to get your hands dirty it's time to answer the call of manhood it's time to wear the pants now craig that was an advertisement for jock for dockers jeans wow <laughs> i wish i'd writ i had written that myself Absolutely. I mean, talk about an accurate depiction. I mean, as you were reading that, Dennis, I thought, boy, so much of this summarizes what has been the the feminization of manhood and the masculization of femininity. And, and Craig, I think within the chest of men, there is a desire to do the courageous thing. I think they really do want to take the step up and make the difference in the world God designed them to make. Today at lunch, I had lunch with a guy who um, uh, I had met uh, as a result of, of having a problem in, in my life that I needed a professional to help me with, and he possessed the skills I needed. And in the process of him fixing what I needed to have fixed, I gave him this book. He calls me back two days later, and he goes, I couldn't put it down. He said, Dennis, the reason is, they handed me two babies when I became a father, and there were no instructions mm-hmm. on them. I didn't know what it meant to be a man, a husband, or, or a daddy now. How do I do this thing? And so I think we, we, we kind of reserve heroism and uh, courageous acts for soldiers on a battlefield, which certainly that occurs. But I think today, Craig, some of the most heroic acts that are occurring are men who are pushing away from pornography. They're assuming their responsibility as husbands. They're taking on the the load of the covenant that they made with their with their wives when they got married a number of years ago, and they say, I will not quit. I will love you as Christ loved the church. I'll nourish you. I'll cherish you. I'll face this issue we've got with debt, with illness, with a child, and we'll face it together. And that's the kind of courage that's needed today. And um, I just think men long for another man to come alongside and put his arm around him and say, you can do this thing. You really can. 
Well, look at Stepping Up, A Call to Courageous Manhood. It's author, our special guest on this edition of Lifeline, Dennis Rainey from Family Life Today. You can get more information about the ministry online at familylife.com. That's familylife.com. And, of course, tune into the program weekday mornings at 8.30 a.m. right here on KFAX. We'll get back to more of our conversation with Dennis Rainey on his new book, Stepping Up, A Call to Courageous Manhood, as this edition of Lifeline continues. This report is brought to you by Positive Coaching Alliance. In San Jose, southbound of the Guadalupe Parkway, a curtain or a two-car crash, that's already over on the shoulder. CHP is working on it. Southbound 101 to 237 in Sunnyvale. We had a crash involving a big rig and a minivan on that connector ramp. That's been cleared. Traffic got to stop, though, in Oakland, eastbound 24 from Children's Hospital out to Highway 13. On the Bay Bridge, westbound coming into the city from Yerba Buena Tunnel to 101. Residual delays from an earlier crash right at the center anchorage. That's traffic. I'm Mike. Michael Bennett. Got issues with youth or high school sports? Positive Coaching Alliance can help. PCA, a national nonprofit, offers more than a thousand free online resources for youth and high school sports coaches, parents, students, and administrators. Visit PCADevZone.org. Securing financial futures for over a century, churches and faith-based organizations have relied on MMBB to provide flexible and affordable benefit plans for over a 100 years. No matter the size of your organization or your budget, they can create a cost-effective and customized benefit plan that meets your unique needs and safeguards your staff's future. For more information, please contact the Reverend Augie Bao at augie.bau at mmbb.org or call 917-209-9911. Past performance is no guarantee of future results. Dennis Prager here. The housing market is hot. Inventory is tight. Of course, homes are selling for top dollar. The big problem is you need to sell, but you don't want to put your home on the market until you find a home first, right? Well, Bob and Sandy Jamison, the Jamison team with Toscana Properties, have your solution. Through Bob and Sandy's Alliance program, you can put your home up for sale, receive an offer that will be conditional upon you, Mr. Seller, buying another home within the next 60 days, or else you don't have to sell. You can cancel your offer or extend it if the buyer agrees. So, you are never stuck without a home. You're probably wondering, will buyers accept that? In this market, what choice do they have? They will accept it. What do you have to lose? You can now sell your current home for top dollar guaranteed and also find your next home by calling Bob and Sandy Jameson, the Jameson team, at 510-937-SOLD. 510-937-SOLD or visit sandyhasbuyers.com. sandyhasbuyers.com and ask for the Alliance Program. Hi there, Jordan Michaels here. You know, when I first started using my pillow products, you know what I gave up? I gave up interrupted sleep. There are so many wonderful benefits that come when sleeping on a my pillow. You don't have to fuss with it. It doesn't go flat. You don't have to keep flipping it over to the cool side. It can be washed and dried as many times as you want, and it still maintains its shape. They're made right here in the USA, and for a limited time, inventor Mike Lindell's offering his premium my pillows for the lowest price ever. Queen size premium my pillow is twenty nine ninety eight. Usually, it's sixty nine ninety eight. That's a big savings there, forty dollars. King size pillows are only five dollars more, and of course, they all have that 10-year warranty and that 60-day money-back guarantee. To get this great savings on MyPillows, go to MyPillow.com, click the radio listener square, and use that promo code KFAX. While you're there, check out all the great discounts on all MyPillow products. MyPillow.com or call 800-479-1790. Use the promo code KFAX. 
Online healing prayer service for COVID-19 patients only through Zoom every Monday and Thursday at 5 and 7 p.m. with Reverend Dr. Yosefat. For those who want to be prayed for, join at Zoom Cloud Meeting with meeting ID 364-469-5055. This service is free of charge, no offering. Find more details by searching OHPS COVID on Facebook. Again, that's OHPS COVID on Facebook or get more information at NorCalChristianEvents.com. When you need to find businesses you can count on, check the NorCal Christian Business Directory at norcalchristian.com. You'll find people like Bob Evans at Century 21 helping Bay Area home sellers pay the lowest commission. License 0070-2525. You'll also find TWFG Insurance Services in Fremont, Guaranteed Auto Service in Hayward, and many more at norcalchristian.com. To get your business or ministry listed, contact us at norcalchristian.com. If you're worried about your cholesterol, hear how others are taking charge with garlic. My doctor said my cholesterol was borderline, but I've been taking garlic and it works. I've been taking garlic for years. My pharmacist recommended garlic. He said there's an ingredient in garlic that helps maintain healthy cholesterol. I take garlic every day. No garlic breath. Lots of people like you are choosing garlic to help maintain a healthy cholesterol. Garlic, it's cholesterol's natural enemy. These statements have not been evaluated by the FDA. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Use as directed. And now back to Lifeline with Craig Roberts. Welcome back to Lifeline. Once again, we're visiting today with a very dear special guest. Many of you, in fact, to spend your mornings with him as part of Family Life Today, weekday mornings at 830 here on KFAX. He's Dennis Rainey from Family Life Today. New book out entitled Stepping Up, A Call to Courageous Manhood. You know, part of this, I think, desyncratization that we've seen, Dennis, over generations, that kind of generational disconnect in areas such as mentoring and, and patriarch and so forth. I, I walked into the bank the other day, and there was a woman a couple of steps behind me. And so as I got to the bank door, I pulled the door back and stepped aside. And he just, you know, prepared to kind of nod my head with a good morning greeting. And instead, she turned to me and said, thanks, but I'll, I can get it myself. And, <laughs> and I thought, you know, all the hard work that my dad went through 40-something years ago, plus training me how to open the car door for a lady, open the, the, the door to the grocery store, whatever, for a lady, because that's what gentlemen do in polite company. And now fast forward a few decades, and suddenly you're getting yelled at for doing what I had learned to be was just a prop, proper and appropriate manly behavior. Yeah, and it's uh, common courtesies. Uh, we don't think of that being a part of being a real man, but I'll tell you what, my dad was, was that way. He, he didn't grow up with a lot of training, but he was a real gentleman, and he treated women with nobility and respect and, um, uh, and with honor. And I picked that up from him, and I couldn't agree with you more. I think if there's ever been a need for us to have an epidemic of common courtesy and, and for men to lead the way in this training their sons, it's today, and, and I'll tell you one of the ways we need to be we need to be we need to show common courtesies and kindness is when we go through the airport and we go through TSA, and we're having to take our shoes off and put our computers in the the plastic bins and go through there. Just try try this the next time you go through, Craig. As a man, look 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 one of them in the eye and say, you know, I want to thank you for your work. I bet you you get a lot of compliments, but I just want to thank you for your work. And you know what I've been told? They've said, I, we've, I've been spit on. Uh, I've been cursed out numerous times. People seldom say thank you. And I've had a number of them come back and say, you know, I really appreciate your, you expressing a, um, a gratefulness to me. You're the first person today. Or, or maybe the first person in a long time. Or I if think ever. Our con- 
I think our country um, is kind of spiraling downward toward more of a barbaric behavior when men don't behave as men, as God designed them to be. Um, the result it just isn't good. Well, and I think part of it, too, as you underscore inside the pages of stepping up a call to courageous manhood, is this disconnect, Dennis. Uh, we are seeing a lack of, of maturity, uh, an absolute fleeing from any level of accountability or responsibility. And, and as much as there is this generational disconnect that so many young men and girls, for that matter, that are being raised in single parent families where there's either not a mom present to, to model for the kids or a father present and, and all of a sudden, this fundamental disconnect in the way God has established our society from a biblical standpoint is, I think, at many degrees causal to this. Because let's face it, if you don't have anybody to model after, then how will you know how to behave when you get to adulthood? You know, I've got a quote in the book in the, on the bo- about the boyhood step, and it reads like this, a boy without a father, a boy without a father figure is like an explorer without a map. Mm-hmm. Boys need men, fathers who are fully standing on the manhood step, reaching down to them on the boyhood step saying, come on up, son. Here's how you do it. And they talk about how you do it, but they also model how you do it. And and I just remember my dad, my dad's, my dad's dad deserted him when he was a boy, along with his other eight siblings. And I don't know where my dad learned how to be a man, learned how to be a father, a husband, but but he could have been a victim. But he decided not to be passive, but to to initiate. And and I believe initiation is one of the essences of masculinity. Passivity is the exact opposite. The easiest thing for a man to do is nothing. Uh, I'll tell you a story. I think I told this story in the book. But I went to one of my kids' eighth grade uh, dances at the cafeteria. And when I arrived at the cafeteria, the dance had been going for a while, and the room was almost totally dark. With the only light that was on was over by the door where a bunch of parents were huddled up. And when we walked in the door, the parents said, Have you seen that dance they're doing over there? You're not going to believe how, how vulgar that dance is. You just got to go look. So I kind of thought, this is kind of interesting. The kids are all over in the dark doing something obscene, and the parents are in the light. So I walk over there, and I've never seen a dance like this. But they were right. It was absolutely off the charts vulgar. And so I sat there, and my hands started getting clammy. And I thought, I'm I'm afraid of a 14-year-old teenage boy who's got pimples all over his face. I'm 45 years old, for goodness sakes. What is wrong with me? And so I just stepped out and stepped up, and I tapped the young man on the shoulder, and I said, hey, knock it off. That's obscene. You shouldn't be treating that young lady like that. And I turned to the young lady, and I said, young lady, you're going to be somebody's husband someday. You're going to be some some husband's wife someday, and, and you need to make sure young men treat you with respect. And I looked over my shoulder, and here comes another parent. He started tapping people, young young people on the shoulder. Billy Graham made a statement. He said, when one person takes a stand, the spines of others are, stiffen- are stiffened. Courage begets courage. And I think what's missing today, uh, Craig, is we're not telling enough of these stories of how men have done courageous things. I want to ask you to answer this question right here on the air. Um, this is one of my favorite questions to ask 
other men when you, when we get together and have dinner and we got time to answer the question. The question is this, Craig. What is the most courageous thing you've ever done in all your life? Wow. Now, as you think about answering that, let me tell you what courage isn't. Courage, or what, what, what the answer is, and excuse me, it's not saying, I've never done anything courageous. Uh, courage is doing your duty in the face of fear. It's doing your duty in the face of challenge. It's, it's doing your duty and refusing to do nothing. And all of us have performed numerous acts in our lifetimes that were courageous. And what happens is men don't talk about how they've been courageous in, in maybe some relationship they had. Maybe it was with their father, maybe confronting him about alcoholism, uh, confronting him around an affair. I've had those things mentioned as we've talked around the dinner table. You know, courage is not reserved for a battlefield in a foreign country. Courage can occur in all kinds of settings and situations. So, Craig... What's the most courageous thing you've ever done in all your life? Well, I tell you, thinking through the answer to that, I, I, I pondered back to a time in North Korea going in with a group of fellow Christian broadcasters, and there were a couple of ladies in our group, and we were bringing in some Bibles in with us. That is, of course, a massive no-no. And one of the border guards was about to catch one of the ladies, and I came in and, and, and basically created a bit of a distraction putting the attention off of them and on to me. And, of course, I'm carrying Bibles as well. And I thought, well, if somebody's going to end up going to jail here, it's probably better me than them. That, that was one of the stories that came to mind. That's good. You had to face fear, and you did your duty. You stepped up. And, you know, I just think with this movie coming out this weekend, Courageous, uh, we've been interviewing Alex and Stephen Kendrick on our broadcast, Family Life Today. If you missed it today at 8.30 uh, on, on Family Life Today, you can go online, listen to it. You really ought to listen to the interviews of these guys because I think God's up to something calling men back to courage, specifically courage around being a man, being a husband, and being a father, and caring about our community. Craig, I think today what is happening in community after community across our country is evil. Evil is preying upon our children, our families, and it's eating them alive. And some of the evil is being pumped into our homes at our own volition and choice around choosing pornography. And so for some men, the most courageous thing they need to do is break an addiction. They need to step away and step out of something that has control of their lives and, and step up and say, you know what, I'm going to be, I'm going to be uh, the doorway through which light and righteousness gains entrance into my home, not sin. So much of this, people. Dennis, is about making the right choices. And I want to pause on that point, allow our listeners to ponder. We're going to take a brief time out, come back to some more observations. Our special guest today, Dennis Rainey, host of Family Life Today, the broadcast weekday mornings at 8.30 a.m. right here on KFAX. Just go to FamilyLife.com. That's FamilyLife.com, where you can hear not only the podcast of today's broadcast of Family Life Today, but also get information about ordering a copy of Dennis's latest book, the one we're discussing right now, Stepping Up, A Call to Courageous Manhood. A brief time out back with some more insights from Dennis Rainey as this edition of Lifeline continues. 
And now back to Lifeline with Craig Roberts. Welcome back to this edition of Lifeline. Craig Roberts along with our very special guest. He's Dennis Rainey, host of Family Life Today. Again, the new book, Stepping Up, A Call to Courageous Manhood, available through Bay Area Christian Bookstores, as well as through the Family Life website, familylife.com. That's familylife.com. You know, just before the break, Dennis, we were talking a bit about uh, learning how to act in a courageous fashion. And you mentioned some of the things that are besetting the American family today, whether we're talking about uh, kids that are trapped under the force of peer pressure that leads to sexually acting out, rebellion, pornography, drugs, the whole list. Some people might say, well, it just seems as if sin is more abounding these days. I have to wonder, Dennis, in the grand scheme of things, is it a case where somehow there's more sin let loose on the world today, or is part of this just a lack of light? In other words, could we stem the tide? Could we turn the direction of what's happening in our society and in the American home today if more men would step up, be a a, a husband to the wives, be a father to their children, do the kind of of mentoring and modeling that is necessary, and in particular, help young boys and girls understand what their responsibilities ought to be and where the limits should be? Great question. And uh, I'm going to let Isaiah, I'm going to let Isaiah answer or cast a little light on the answer. In Isaiah 59, Isaiah is talking about how bad the day was. He says, we growl like bears, we moan like doves. They're looking at the injustice, the lack of mercy in the culture, and it's just causing a grief that, that just causes people to shrivel up and, and to just retreat. And then it says, justice is turned back and righteousness stands afar off. The picture here is that things get so bad that the the righteous stand away from the battle with their arms folded, going, you know, it's just too bad. This is all going bad. This is just, it's really, you know, we're the, oh, there's a lot of evil taking place. And then listen to what he says. He says, for truth has stumbled in the public squares, and a brightness cannot enter. Truth is lacking, and he who departs from evil makes himself a prey. The picture here that Isaiah paints is that truth is not standing up, erect, in the street for people to see the standard. Instead, it's flat on its face. It's stumbled in the streets. And it says, as a result, uprightness can't enter. And then it says, truth is lacking, and as a result of truth lacking, it says, people who were actually designed by God to prey upon evil, to push back against evil, the very evil we were meant to conquer, turns around and preys upon us. It says, and he who departs from evil makes himself a prey. I I think the problems that we're facing in our nation are a bunch of very small personal battles at grassroots America that if those who profess to follow Jesus Christ would begin to turn around and pray upon evil and push back against evil and say, you know what, that's indecent like I did in a bookstore in uh, Grand Central Station in in Manhattan about uh, six or eight months ago. I was there and I walked by a book and it had it had a title to a book that was a, that was a uh, it's a curse word except it's a vulgar curse word and I didn't go up with a Bible and beat the guy up who owned the store but I just I just have to tell you I was getting ready to buy some stuff and I'm not going to buy anything because I'm really offended by by your book and 
it, it resulted in a very healthy conversation between that shop owner and me. And you had to wonder, how many people have walked by that book? I saw a little kid looking at it, a six-year-old kid. And indecency, vulgarity, evil is encroaching in our society. And the, the statement that was made, all that is necessary for evil to triumph is for good men to do what? Nothing. Nothing. And so guess what? That's what we do. Because we think it's somebody else's battle. It's not mine. Well, you know what? I'm not trying to. I'm not trying to fix every evil. I can't. There is a lot of evil today. Back to your original question: Do I think things are more evil today? I, I don't think so. I think evil has more access to our lives and in terms of privacy in our homes today than has ever existed. The internet being piped into our homes, cable TV, uh, pornography is destroying a generation of boys. The, the average age boys are now being being taught to look at pornography is not 13, 14, 15, and 16. It's ages 8, 9, and 10. And the hardwiring of a boy's emotional system and sexual system are not connected. And we don't even have any idea of how the devil of hell is destroying young boys and their manhood in its very inception, in the germinating stages of what it means to be a young man. And that's my assignment as a dad to attempt to build the truth into my life, into my family's life, so that truth hasn't stumbled in the streets. Truth is there pushing back against evil. You know, I like to liken it, Dennis, to the analogy of when you, you come in, say you've been out for the evening with the family, and you come into the house, the lights are all off, the room is very dark, and somebody might observe as you're walking through the front door, gee, it's pretty dark in here, but what's the first thing they call for? Turn on the lights. This room is not necessarily in a condition of having excessive darkness. What's really happening is there is a lack of light. And I think at the core, what you're suggesting here is that godly men need to turn on the light. And as they do so, that light will dispel darkness. The good will dispel evil. And then as you talk about the the stages, the steps of a man's life, And as he learns how to apply the principles from Scripture to lead and to protect and to serve and to model and and to defend our children, we can make a significant difference in spite of the fact that, as you suggest, you know, evil's got an easy pipeline into our homes these days with the Internet and cable television and all of these things that, that surely make parenting today certainly more difficult. But not impossible, because we have a weapon that God has given to us that, that is as strong today as it was when that book was first written. Dietrich Bonhoeffer gave his life, I believe, in his early 30s for his faith in Germany. He refused to join Hitler's army and was ultimately uh, became a martyr for his faith in Christ. But he made this statement. He said, it's the righteous man who lives for the next generation. Uh, someone else said, our children are the living messengers we send to a time we will not see. Here's the question for a man, a father, a grandfather, maybe a single guy. What kind of message are you going to send to the next generation? What's your imprint on other people's lives for Jesus Christ that leaves the mark of God's goodness, God's mercy, God's love, God's grace to to imprint that on the next generation's 
lives. So they're going to make a difference when you're gone. So you're suggesting, Dennis, even today, as we see a lot of debate about the debt ceiling and how we are passing this huge amount of indebtedness on to to future generations, to our children and our grandchildren, that perhaps for the Christian man, the question of what we're going to leave, the legacy that we will leave for future generations is one of an even grander and, and more critical and more serious answer, isn't it? There's, in my opinion, the battleground for for the nation. We we certainly have to have fiscal responsibility. We have to have godly leaders in Washington D.C. and the state houses of all fifty states. But I'm going to tell you something: America has survived um, political corruption. It cannot survive the breakdown of its most basic unit, the family. No nation will survive that breakdown. Martin Luther King Jr. made this statement. He said, cowardice asked the question, is it safe? Expediency asked the question, is it politic? Vanity asked the question, is it popular? But conscience asked the question, is it right? And you said it a few minutes ago, Craig. I, I think it's, it's our choices. The choices we make, deciding to be God's man, and it's why I like the title of the book, Stepping Up. It's just amazing how often men use that with one another. Uh, you know, I, I stepped up. I made the commitment. Um, whether it's a single guy listening right now who's, who's avoided making the commitment of marriage, there's a lot of guys today prolonging adolescence, wanting to be single and have fun and not assume responsibility well into their 30s. There are even those who are sociologists, Craig, who are recommending that we prolong adolescence for another 10 to 15 years. That's not the solution. That's not the kind of men we need today. We need guys who are willing to say, you know what? Give me the ball. Give me the responsibility. I'm going to fail. I may fail forward, but I'm going to step up. I'm going to attempt to make my mark for Jesus Christ to make a difference. I'm just one man. You're just one man, Craig. But, um, you know, each of us is given a sphere of responsibility. We, we try to do our best. I, I, I look at my life someday, and the, the longer I live, the more I believe the cross is the hope for me and all of, all of humanity because we are desperately sick with selfishness and sin. We have missed the mark. And so it's not a matter of being perfect, but it is a matter of stepping up in faith and saying, God, I want to be your man. We so often will take a look at the Sunday football game or the results of the baseball or basketball game and opine about certain players and say, you know, so-and-so just needs to step up. Maybe it's time now for each and every man in the faith to take that own advice. Stepping Up, A Call to Courageous Manhood. The new book, by the way, available through the Resource Ministry of Family Life at FamilyLife.com. That's FamilyLife.com. The broadcast, Family Life Today, weekday mornings at 8.30 a.m. right here on KFAX. And the author of Stepping Up, A Call to Courageous Manhood, our special guest on this edition of Lifeline, Dennis Rainey. Dennis, as always, an education to visit with your brother. Appreciate your time today, and uh, we'll catch you on the radio, as they say, uh, tomorrow at 8.30 a.m. <laughs> it's a privilege, Craig. Great to be with you. Well, that's going to do it for this edition of Lifeline. Thanks so much for being with us. And if there was anything you heard on today's show that you'd like to hear again or share with a friend, grab a copy of the Lifeline podcast. Simply log on to kfax.com. That's kfax.com for the Lifeline podcast. Our producer is Wanda Sanchez. I'm Craig Roberts. Till next time around, remember, just don't keep the faith. Get out there and share it and make it a great evening. So long. 
Opinions expressed in the preceding program do not necessarily represent the views of the ownership, staff, or management of KFAX. Copyright Salem Communications, all rights reserved. Thank you.